0: To Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm Richard Miller, one of the hosts, and my co-host, he stole Bielsa's bucket and took a dump in it. Dr. Luke Gledall. How are you doing today, Luke? Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. We were um, Rich and I are really
1: developing a bit of a hive mind. Um, <laughs> because actually one of the kind of proposed titles I wanted to give to this was uh Making Bielsa Shit in his bucket. <laughs>
0: Perfect,
1: yes. Also giving Bielsa piles as well. I think that's also something <laughs> else. But I'm very good. I'm. Uh, how are you, Rich? I'm,
0: I'm good. Yeah. Bielsa very much the kind of old woolly of uh, football management. <laughs> very
1: much. Yes, exactly. I was going to say that as well. As uh, bizarrely as a man growing up in my uh, my mum's family is from Cumbria, which mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that really kind of excuses why I grew up on a uh, on a a real tango of. Um, <laughs> or Wooly and uh, the broons. The broons. The Bruins. <laughs> uh, don't really know why, but yes, I thought a lot about All Wooly seeing Bielsa uh, kind of... <laughs> squatting on his bucket. Squatting on it like some kind of rare mutant owl or something. <laughs> I don't know very
0: strange very strange oh dear <laughs> it's a that's an odd trait but there you go everyone's got to have a gimmick now that's how you make it in management you've got to i have...
1: i was yeah I was thinking what's what uh what are gimmicks are there out there
0: well um villas boas likes a likes a good kneel And I think he's kind of borrowed that from Pep, hasn't he? They both like a kind of squat, sideline squat. I don't know how that helps. You know, managers sometimes sit in the stand to get a better view of, a more tactical view. So being closer to the ground, I don't know how that improves your uh, situation. But, uh, you know, each to their own. Um, Mm. Wenger had his sort of caterpillar-like jacket and the lack of, you know, the inability to put his hands in his pockets. Mm. Monk has his coy look. Which he does indeed. Puts yes. everybody off their dinner. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a real, uh, it's a real masterminding operation, isn't it? These uh, football managers going up against each other.
0: It's just like wrestling. You got to have a thing. You got to have mm-hmm. a gimmick. Mm-hmm. So something people to, to relate to. Uh, so we should, um, we should motor along slightly, shouldn't we? To. Uh, our, our first i say the first regular feature uh, from time to time it's it's really our only regular feature but um doesn't change the fact it's a it's a treat for all the senses Breaking hoo-hoos. so it's been a bit of a busy week at least on not in terms of actual real news you know things actually happening but in terms of um rumors and myths of rumors there's been a, mm. bit,
1: of, a bit of news a little uh, little faint uh, smell of uh, something coming perhaps we've maybe. all been
0: looking at chimneys hoping for the smoke to turn white um on, on some of these these bits and bobs uh so badjo appears to be we, we've talked about how sort of the last three or four games we've kind of gone out of our way to not play him uh to the point of changing three out of the four defensive positions uh during a match so it felt like he was sidelined significantly and and uh i don't know how officially it's sort of been commented on now but but basically the 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 sort of the story that's come out this week is that adobaggio has been told to go find another club he's not he's not wanted anymore uh so what 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 are your feelings on that luke i mean i think it's harsh i
1: i've tried to kind of keep a degree of faith in moses adobaggio throughout some very kind of tricky and trying kind of times some um, he's, he's got a bit of a highlight reel of defensive mm. faux pas at this point. yeah. And I don't know, I think we've, we kind of understand against a player we've seen previously, a player we've seen up against us previously, his previous reputation. I mean, this was like a Steve Bruce signing, wasn't it?
0: It was, yeah.
1: So, you know, I, I kind of feel like there must be a player there. What is happening to completely cloud... Any any real signs of his talent that's coming through? I don't really know.
0: He's another guy, a bit like Iorfa, because uh, we signed Iorfa and, and he was a cheap transfer because he'd had a he'd had a leg break, hadn't he? And he ne- he never quite sort of got back into the Wolves squad after that. I mean, that, Wolves had, had signed all those players for their um, their sort of agent <laughs> funded uh, push for the Premier League, uh, but but that meant Iorfa, uh, despite being fit and still clearly capable wasn't getting a game um and i know odebajo has come back from a big injury as well but it feels like offer has really recovered perfectly from his injury and there's no hint of a guy that's carrying anything uh in in in, in the in dominic offer but maybe with odebajo it has affected him and particularly maybe it's affected his pace somewhat i don't know because if you you become reliant on pace like if i offer sudden suddenly wasn't able to move as quickly as he is he would be a much worse defender than he is because a lot of the way that he defends is related to the fact he's got that recovery pace
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: you can slip on some of the basics if you can make up for the yeah make up for the errors occasionally um so yeah, that, maybe that's something with Adebayo that's been the case, but certainly I can't imagine there'll be many people kind of crying tears if he if he if he does move on, um, mm. because yeah, two games in particular stand out. I think it's a little bit harsh the derby game because most independent observers and certainly to most Wednesday eyes, that was not a penalty that he gave away, but it, but it was him who gave it away. And then it was his fault that he got sent off. You know, he's caught out of position. He acted really rashly and he was on a yellow card when he did that. So uh, you're compounding one slight error maybe in terms of the penalty with with one glaring error in terms of the sending off. And then obviously the game before that that, that really stood out was Preston away. Uh, where, aside from the penalties that Odabacho gave to them It was a very, very even game of football mm. Unless we forget, was it Ipswich as well? Oh, was it Ipswich as well? Ipswich <laughs> near the beginning,
1: that was um, that was a penalty which. Um, oh yes The What happened from that was uh, Westwood took the brunt of it Basically and was sent off
0: Yes, yes So yes.
1: that kind of brought in the brief spell of Cameron Dawson Before uh, Westwood coming back into the frame And... Uh, yeah, so difficult one that one. That was there didn't seem to be a good kind of working relationship between Westwood and Odabajo.
0: No, we saw lots of kind of um near misses in t- in terms of because obviously the 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 reading first game of the season uh was a bit of a Odabajo expecting Westwood to come out and Westwood expecting Odabajo to deal with it and uh that was the, that was the one where uh, Westwood got sent off for that one as well, didn't he? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I'm blanking on the Ipswich one to be honest Uh, not that I don't believe you (laughs) because it was the other penalty I thought that I thought that uh, I thought that Palmer was on the pitch the other penalty that we gave away the West Brom penalty that was Palmer wasn't it but it was it it
2: wasn't
1: (laughs) it wasn't Ipswich because Ipswich aren't a team we play because they're not actually in the league thank you Rich um, was it
0: Reading? Reading was the first game of the season where Westwood got sent off. Um, it was
1: that, it was yeah. Pretty for, sure it was that game. For, yeah, you know, making... apologies to yourself, apologies to the listeners. It's okay, uh, it's just
0: I, it, I know it's it been, been a, a real
1: block as well. I think they're both playing blue, they're both pretty middling, uh, Treadwater Championship sides, yes. Um, they both kind of uninspire me in different ways. They're both in parts of the world that I don't particularly want to go to, um. <laughs> Unless I'm seeing um, our good friend or previously, you know, who used to live there, uh, Tim uh, in Reading. But outside of that, uh, outside of Tim, I don't really have any great reasons to visit Reading, I'll be honest. (laughs) I'm not wanting any hobnobs, I believe. I believe it's uh, it's a big biscuit town. I'm not looking uh, for a be- a bedroom community outside of um, outside of London. No, I, none of these things interest me. None of these things are things that I want.
0: No, that's fair. So that's fair enough.
1: So yeah, it's about as good to me as Ipswich is to me, which is <laughs>
0: not so good. Yeah, but so not either way. I mean, whether whether it was Ipswich or Reading, perhaps we'll never know. Um, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> but it, but e- either way. Um, he's certainly not covered himself in glory in many games uh, that he's played for Wednesday and no, it's been a pretty no. short run for him. So, uh, yeah, so there we go. The question then is whether anybody takes him, will anybody give him in wages, what we've been paying him, etc., etc. Um The other side of things, uh, still in terms of outgoings, there's a bit of a noise that uh, Norwich might be interested in Jordan Rhodes again they've sold one of their strikers so uh and and I believe um is injured at the moment as well so they're sort of in the market for somebody and I don't know whether it's it's people just putting two and two together because obviously they had him on loan last season they showed interest in the summer uh but then <laughs> in this kind of we're all to, to demonstrate the fact that we're all having a, a kind of bun fight over the same two or three characters. Um, we've also been linked with uh, the Arsenal striker and Cater, who's on loan, at, who's been on loan at Leeds for the, the first half of the season. Uh, and then I did see a story linking Norwich to and Cater now. So um, that would be that would be a, a tremendous irony that uh, not only do we keep Jordan Rhodes, but we also don't get the. Uh, it's almost as a direct result of the fact that we don't get the the other striker that we're potentially interested in. Um, and then finally, we've we've we have seriously been linked with. We touched on it last week with uh, one of my controversial picks for for team of the decade. Uh, (laughs) But we've we've been linked again With Connor Wickham All I
1: want to say to that is Rich uh, Wigwam bam Are we going to get our man
0: (laughs) I think we'll sign the lot I think we're going to get all those players (laughs) What's Keith Tracy up to We'll get Keith Tracy We're going to (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to get Ben 10 back. Um, it's all And Medin, he's been released on a free. It's all going to happen. It's going to be, we're going to roll back the years. Ryan Lowe is going to be, uh, you know, fox in the box, coming off the bench. It's, the good times are back, Luke, and I, I just hope you can get on board with it.
1: Okay, I am looking forward to this um, um, Expendables-like Wednesday side <laughs> of... Um, of these uh second tier second third tier once uh, once giants coming back in their uh, in their twilight years
0: yeah these are the, these are the, these are the good days this is it's, it's uh it, i mean expendables definitely um i think the age really leans leans into the expendables comparison uh We've also got the the potential of a Fast and the Furious. You know, nobody, even bad guys, can come back and be part of the family. Because um, I heard somebody mention Billy Sharp the other day. I mean, it, it, it can all comers. As... You can be a mass murderer <laughs> one minute, you can be a member of the crew in the next film. Jason Statham. Um...
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear.
0: To just sort of slightly seriously. Then also, have
1: you, um, have we also potentially heard any kind of rumblings about Winnall kind of being linked away? I think I heard something, I don't know how how good a source it was, but looking at him possibly going to Barnsley. I know, I think, was there previously some rumblings of Sunderland being interested? Though I I think I've heard uh, Sunderland are apparently close to signing Gary Medine. Um, so maybe that's not a thing now but I, I I also kind of want to add I wouldn't be surprised if we, if maybe in this kind of perspective of looking at Jao, maybe the one who gets the most attention is going to be the one who's going, so in this situation I could maybe see Winnell leaving above Rhodes leaving. Maybe
0: yeah, it, it, it does feel like, particularly this January transfer window, it feels like um, a kind of a, a, ru- a rural school in that there's maybe one or two girls and uh, everyone is vying for their <laughs> their favor and um, <laughs> it doesn't really matter how uh you know the particular gifts of of the uh, the the young lady in question whether she's a she's a she's a great beauty or, or just you know a puddin um she's the only girl and therefore everyone is interested in her uh, and it's a bit like that isn't it with these strikers they're they're a pretty rom lot that are available by and large uh Outside of the silly ones, I don't think well, I don't think Dwight Gale is is a realistic possibility. No, particularly no. that he's played some Premiership minutes for uh, Newcastle uh, relatively recently. Uh, the other one I heard, uh, just to go through, you know, exhaustively go through all of them. Andre Gray just seems ridiculous. I mean that that guy. I know he's not pulled up any trees at uh, at Watford, but he's a pretty spectacular player. Not a great person. But um, he, when he was last in the championship, he was he was fantastic. Um, I just can't yeah can't believe he's fallen far enough down the pecking order that he would be on our radar in our situation. Um, so if Wickham is the most realistic option, how do we feel about that? He's still only twenty six. Amazingly, he seems to have been around for absolutely ages.
1: I don't know. I mean, we but we're often and this is the mentality of Wednesday. We're often due to FFP and limitations and our own kind of lack of foresight and planning we're often doing very kind of short-termism options Mm. before then a player's out of contract or something else changes or what situation we're in so i don't know i almost feel kind of resigned to say it, it could be it could be okay i'm very concerned with wickham's injury record
0: supposedly he's been fit for 18 months just not in favor which is staggering because then I'm like, I don't
1: really know this is Palace, right? Yeah. What kind of who is who is taking that kind of birth striking birth from him at Palace? Because Palace are on a particularly highly goal scoring side. I want to say. I mean, they've got players like I, I want to say on the wings. They've got they've got Sahar is is pretty fantastic. Um, is Benteke still there right now?
0: Benteke's still there, but he's still
1: another there. perma-injured perma-injured perma-out of kind of form. So I'm just surprised who's really taking that mantle from him.
0: You know, for, yeah.
1: for that situation, if you said he's been fit for 18 months and he's just out of favour, John Ayoub, I guess, uh, Yeah, he's, well. he's also
0: there. And then they've just signed Cech Tosin from, um, I think, Leicester City. So, yeah, I... It's hard to know what, what sort of fettle he he will be in because nobody's seen him play very much football. Sorry, he's he, Tosun is on loan from Everton, not not um, yeah, um, mm. not Leicester City. Uh, it, yeah, it, it, it's a real mystery. But then so are these young players that come through, and certainly Connor Wickham has got more more history to point to. To go well, we know he's a decent player. If he gets on the pitch, he's more than good enough to play up top for us. And I would say. Without, we, unless he's dropped off in, uh, to incredible lengths, he's probably a darn sight better than Sammy Winall and Jordan Rhodes are at this point in time. But I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. He may well have dropped off to that extent. We won't know until we actually see him on the pitch. Um, but he does have a Premier League goal to his name this season, so uh, he, he's uh, <laughs> he still got his shooting boots to some to some like, some degree.
1: And I'm also wondering, like, and then this is the giant problem: is how many. I think it's it's really a viewing when you look at it. We've we've mentioned we've, we've mentioned actually when on the website we've mentioned all of their strikers. So yeah. Palace are a side who have five strikers. So I don't know. It it seems very difficult, and especially it seems very difficult when there are these teams in the Premier League who are kind of ones to kind of scrap up and try and see if they can get mid table. You know, it it seems it's a very it's an annual challenge. And you know, maybe one day we kind of bat our eyelashes and want to be a team like that ourselves, and that's. Unfortunately, the nature of kind of football and money that kind of determines things and how this kind of goes, but I'm just curious why they would be in a situation to for him to be on the sidelines in the first place, um, with their list of strikers, why he's not getting on a bit more, why he's not having more of an impact there, you know his injury record, and wouldn't they surely kind of want to keep him there?
0: Well, I think Roy Hodgson's a pretty particular manager. And I don't know. I don't necessarily think it's a it's a, it's a a damning thing that he's not getting on the pitch for Crystal Palace because sometimes Palace will play with none of those strikers because Hodgson is so deeply pragmatic in the way he puts his teams together. I think it's very much a kind of Stuart Gray. Everyone is a defender. And if they're lucky, they might get to go into the other team's half, you know? Uh, and maybe right. that just doesn't suit Wickham. He's not that... He seems to go with Ayu more often than not, but I think Benteke gets thrown on as as their then their second option to change things up. So Wickham is not a powerhouse like um, Benteke is, and he's also not as sort of hardworking and tricky as Ayu is. Although I I was I mean I was blown away by how good Wickham was when he was with us for for his longer loan spell. He he seemed to work pretty hard and be very skillful, but I don't know what I don't know where he's up to now, and you just don't know what the relationship is with with palace um so apparently in May this year he signed a one year extension. He's probably in that position where oddly he's an asset, so they keep him on the cards like um the other player that's the most obvious example of that is Ozeal at Arsenal
2: mm-hmm.
0: like clearly like accountancy wise they have to keep him on the books because letting him go is writing off a huge figurative transfer value but then nobody would nobody would want to buy him and pay him what he's on at Arsenal so you kind of have to keep extending his contract it's so weird like <laughs> the, the way that we've decided to account for players uh, in books terms has really led some players to lead a very charmed life and uh, Ozeal is prime amongst them, but maybe Conor Wickham is another beneficiary because it's like, well, we paid we paid seven million, eight million for him, so there's a value there, <laughs> um, but he barely plays the game. Mm. Uh, yeah, an interesting
1: <laughs> comments from Hodgson about the uh, the future of Wickham. Um, basically say he needs a regular game of football If a situation arises where he's knocking our door down To get and loan I wouldn't stand in his way I'm right. relaxed about the situation Right So maybe maybe it is Wickham who comes back I I don't know I'm not entirely I.
0: You're not clapping your hands And jumping up and down
1: No I'm not that excited I'll be honest Um I really hope that I'm proved wrong and that it can kind of roll back the years to how he looked in those previous loan spells but uh I'm I'm not too it's a optimistic.
0: Long time ago, isn't it?
1: It, it really is.
0: <clears throat> so the striker talk has taken on a, a different tenor uh because we we know now that we're going to be without Fletcher for a good chunk of the the rest of the season uh if not all of the rest of the season he, he's um, we're, to, we're told ten weeks away from from being fit again. Uh, I'd imagine there's probably some time for getting up to speed on top of that as well, uh, which is devastating news. I think it means we we do need to sign a an, another striker
1: um well we... i think we definitely need two in this situation because yeah. i can really see we
0: needed one anyway
1: we needed one anyway i think that was basically the kind of situation was i think nixon was saying the same was we were in the market for a striker anyway but then fletcher i think in an ideal world in an ideal world fletcher would have still be fit um we managed to kind of source out Rhodes and win all possibly and then we get someone else in as well yeah and then in that situation, I mean, we've only kind of got three strikers. But I don't know the fitness and performing of Fletcher is the thing that's kind of really afforded this um, the strike partnership for us. This four four two. Outside of that, it just it isn't working with any of the options. No. So then we're going towards this more kind of four five one. Moving to four-three-three situation where it looks like we have more of the players for that from midfield, or more kind of consistent performers and some yeah. of the strikers. Yeah, and I mean that is really a bit of uh, Freddie foreshadowing, looking towards this game as well. Because <laughs> that was that was very much the mentality, and uh, we can talk about that later. But in in terms of strikers, we definitely need two at this point. Yeah.
0: So just for. References' sake, if we if we take ten weeks from today, that puts us on the 21st of March. um, Which at that point we play West Brom, and then we'd have six games left in the season. So it it shows just how big of a chunk Fletcher is going to be away for. Um, there's possibilities it might be sooner or he might be fit in time for that game but you've got to think as, a, as an older guy, he's had knee problems previously There's, it's more likely to take longer than that 10 weeks than it is to be less than that 10 weeks and uh, as you say we've got to we absolutely must add a striker in this window and ideally it would be nice to add two uh, but we needed, we sort of wanted one anyway, we need one now mm-hmm. um OK, well, you, you've done some foreshadowing. We should probably get to the football match, should we?
1: I think we should. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Amazingly, a three o'clock kickoff. This this fixture cannot have been played very often, three o'clock on a Saturday.
1: It's usually confined to like an annoying midday kickoff, isn't it? Because, uh, I don't know, the police get a little bit antsy. At their, uh,
2: yeah, yeah. Know.
0: Or, or there's the interest from sky I mean leads are on sky every other week so um it's it's odd for them to take the opportunity to, to to watch some other team this week
1: yeah I was surprised that this game wasn't picked either for sky or for the international kind of coverage
0: yeah there's a uh, there's a South Wales derby isn't there so that that that's one of the slots taken for this weekend but mm. other. Uh, yeah, interesting. um So, in terms of the way we started the match, we made uh, a couple of changes. So, I was really pleased to see. I was. I've gone back and forth all week, uh, as I, as maybe the, the the staff at Hillsborough Half as well. In terms of oh, um, you urugide is that what we're going with? Urigide. Is there yes. a received pronunciation now for for his name?
1: Or <laughs> well, Uruguidi, Uru- Uru- I think, yeah. That's uh, Ozaze origidi
0: Uru- Yeah. Oh, uh, you. We can
1: stick with oh, You. <laughs>
0: oh, you.
1: But I also like saying he's Urugidi and we want more. In a, <laughs> a callback to uh, former Wednesday assistant manager Chris Evans.
0: <laughs> Lovely. <laughs>
1: I uh, thought you'd appreciate that one, Rich. Upon
0: A pun very much bludgeoned into position there. I love it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But he he kept his place. I think uh, in terms of the back and forth, obviously he did very well against Brighton. We've had the week where we've told um, one of his potential replacements that he's not welcome at the club. Uh, So (laughs) it felt like it was pointing towards him keeping his his slot in the first team. But uh, obviously it being a big derby game, there's pressures that come with that away from home. Um, But it was nice to see him take his place and and uh and as far as I'm aware, stepped up again we'll, we'll sort of cover that in more detail um uh, but the, ch- the change we made we, we we moved Bannon into the midfield mm-hmm. I saw what the reports say we made two changes
1: well because um oh no hang on we did oh
0: Fletcher started okay yeah that, that, so we did cause... Fletcher did Flet- oh he did Fletcher let's start started, yeah, the Brighton game yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's what so those were the two changes. Winnall, who replaced Fletcher in the Brighton game, um kept that that's that slot in the team. So it was Winall up front on his own. Um the midfield was Murphy, Luongo, Lee, Bannon, and Reach. And then uh, the back five of Dawson, Urugide, Iorfa, Burner, and Fox. Captain Fox Morgan. <laughs> um so this is the, interestingly, this is the first time Harris hasn't started a league game since he signed. Mm. Uh, so that was, that was an intriguing nugget. And then the fact he didn't get on the pitch at all was, uh, was similarly interesting. Uh, I think the, the moment where we probably would have thought of bringing him on was when Uruguide was starting to struggle with cramp and, and was, was replaced. Uh, that was, that's what the last... Sub so ended up being.
1: Well, I was wondering for that position about whether, again, jumping ahead, um, whether when Luongo went off, whether that might have been a time to bring on Harris. So in my mind, what I would have done, I wasn't very keen on that substitution at the time, um, but I would have basically popped Reach across to play in the hole and um, in that space of Reach play Harris, sort of Harris and Murphy on the wings. So I was really surprised. I mean, first of all, I was surprised that actually looking at... Looking at their midfield three, there wasn't really a holding midfielder in there. Who scored have bizarrely also gone for Kieran Lee in the holding midfielder yeah. role, which again is this uh this common misconception <laughs> that's made by kind of websites, which is very strange. But I, I thought it was interesting we didn't really have um I also wouldn't have been surprised if we just kept the same lineup as Bar Fletcher um from the Brighton game. But then you're yeah. in a situation, are you gonna actually not play Bannon? And <laughs> we really ever can't afford to not I know, do that, that would have so. been a
0: very big call, wouldn't it?
1: Um, yes, exactly, bad. exactly, exactly. And, and Pelopets, <laughs> he was good, but he wasn't. Um, he's never particularly been a world beater for any sense of uh, appearances for Wednesday.
0: So just in terms of their average positions... The back four were pretty flat, although um, Urugide sort of was the furthest forward amongst them. I guess that's because mm. of the space that that Murphy was was leaving there that he had to sort of fill. Uh, the deepest of the midfield trio was Bannon. So I think what
1: they're saying on commentary is that, you know, they expected kind of Bannon to kind of drop deep and be that kind of, you know, from my perspective, kind of like a quarterback centre mid. Um, yeah. The thing I kind of have with myself with that situation is how often is that Bannon being told to do that and how often is Bannon just naturally thinking he does that.
0: Yeah, I tend to feel it's cuz he's looking for space. But I don't know. I it's a uh, it would be interesting to see who scored has got player positions just in you know average positions on the pitch. It would be interesting to see whether that's different in and out of possession cuz you wouldn't really trust Bannon as your last line of defense particularly so i would have hoped that kieran lee or or luongo would be further back when we didn't have the ball um and maybe baron doing some pressing but i don't know so so uh just to hold my hands up here i didn't have a stream until about the 70th minute so um everything up to that point it's uh, is on you so
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. um,
1: just to kind of go back and look at the uh, conclude the analysis of a lineup because I really like yeah. doing that stuff as we all know. Um, so no Lees apparently Lees was uh-huh. um, was ill so he wasn't even on the bench. I mean I'm really happy with Ayotha and Berner for the centre back pairing. Yeah, you know I'm really happy with that. Um, you know, like I said, despite the fact that we're still kind of wondering who's, you know, I was kind of expecting maybe like a holding. Um, defensive midfield player in this game. I must say I do really like that middle three even yes. if, I, yeah. if if it is fluid and players are picking up and kind of um, rotating maybe Luongo's the one pressing forward and Bannon holds back or then maybe you know maybe Lee's the one who presses forward and Luongo holds back there's a, there's a lot of different there's a lot there. combinations there's... and uh, if you can just kind of bring in the mentality of movement and being fluid with those players it's going to be a good time that's what I'm going to kind of say with that one.
0: Yeah, there's a lot um, to that, that trio.
1: Mm, I did think it was interesting that Harris was dropped. Um, I do think that he probably needs a little bit of a rest. He just looks a little bit leggy at times, even for all his pace and um, industry I that he kind I of gives mean, to a game.
2: Yeah,
1: And I'm wondering if it just it, it just seemed like some of his kind of stores for some of kind of getting forward and being creative just a little bit sapped as a result
0: yeah, it, it felt certainly the last couple of games in, in that Christmas period. It felt like he was, he was kind of going back. He was really having to dig deep to keep things going. So I think it's nice that we're in a position that we've been able to give him a bit of a rest. But I've got no doubt that he'll he'll return and uh, continue to offer us an, an awful lot of uh, joy down down the left or the right hand side. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Yeah, I, I is I think is seems to be enjoying being a left winger as well, um, as shown by the by both goals today. There is a benefit to having a winger play on the right side. <laughs> um, Inside-out wingers have become the the kind of favourite thing because well, one fullbacks are much more attacking than they've ever been before. So having a having a, a winger that can cut in and then make space for the fullback to charge into is a nice thing. And then obviously wingers cutting in, um, get themselves in goal scoring opportunities. But we have two, when we play reach and uh, Harris as inside out wingers, neither of them particularly play that position inside out. Uh, partic- Harris Harris uh, all, nearly always goes with his left foot for a cross. So he, he's he's quite, it's quite rare that he cuts in maybe one or two times a game. He will actually cut in and use his right foot. So there's no huge benefit from him being a right footer on the left. And then same with reach. I mean, he more often than not crosses uh, with his right foot from a deep position, much more so than he does sort of playing a ball from deep or cutting in on his left. Uh, Although he he can be devastating when he does that. So both the goals were much more easily facilitated because those wingers were in the right place for the foot that they tend to play the best football with uh so yeah everything's got its uh everything's got its time and its place but it's nice to see two traditional wingers uh on on the right wing of for their their foot
2: <laughs> mhm
1: and then just at the top of this kind of uh post christmas christmas tree hopefully it's not been um hopefully it's a uh, top of that christmas tree that was prior to christmas <laughs> and not the one that was post christmas yes but anyway the star at the top of this tree hopefully is uh sam Winnall, and again i'm just i'm always interested to see how he performs in that kind of lone striker role with his supported what does he kind of bring to the table in that kind of formation um i do have a little bit of trepidation i don't think he's something that's particularly well suited to him i think he's a striker who probably needs a partner in a 442
0: yes yeah
1: or however else you um you kind of cut it and shake it but anyway just someone who basically needs someone else to join him up front um so yeah so it was just very interesting to look at the formation again i was happy with the midfield and yeah um kind of um kind of was interesting yeah i
0: think i think probably summing up um none of those strikers are good on their own particularly no and that, that's kind no. of the problem isn't it yeah for different reasons they are you know R- Rhodes really needs somebody to do a huge body of work to allow him to essentially just stay between the, the goalposts and 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 pick up chances. Uh, Ati Niu needs somebody with some pace because he's too slow to 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 lead the line on his own and then um, win all. I think is. He's probably the most mobile out of the three, which I I, th- I think is why he would be my preference. Whilst we're in this situation, um, having a having a midfield stocked with really good players and win all up front would probably be my choice by and large, unless we can figure out a way to play to Ati New's strengths more consistently. Because uh, win all effectively then just becomes another one of those quite hard working reasonably skillful players mm. uh, he doesn't have to do it all himself but as long as he plays his part it might let somebody like Luongo or Kieran Lee or or Adam Reach push on and take a chance but then I don't know if that's really worked the it, it, it was quite effective against Brighton but today we he didn't ha- he was really feeding off scraps today wasn't he mm-hmm and that's where I think a, a lack of physicality, he's not going to fight his way into a game, barging people off the ball and things like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, getting into the game, um, I felt that really it
1: was, it was a very kind of frantic and frenzied start from the off. Um, it, it seemed very clear that, and I know that this is really a game that really plays to our strengths. And I think Mumstrants are setting a team up of, of setting up a team that's there to kind of soak up the, the pressure yeah. and kind of play on the counter. I guess the interesting thing was looking at it from that first half was it's um, we were working so hard defensively to try and keep keep the shape okay. and to try not to let basically Leeds kind of cause some damage. It looked like I don't know if formality was going to be a strong word, but it, it looked very much at one point that Leeds would probably score and a real kind of, um, you know, potential of the game is keeping a clean sheet against this Leeds side would be a real achievement. OK, um, so it was interesting at the beginning. They were doing employing very high press and kind of getting up to us and not kind of giving us much time on the ball. The problem then was kind of the fact that and as we've seen, um, Dawson's kicking was just atrocious. Right. It's really, really poor. For this kind of um, for vast majority of the game, but especially in the first half, actually we're very early on. I think basically Bannon kind of picked up the ball literally the first minute of the game, played it back to uh, to Dawson, and under pressure, he just shanked it out basically
0: did it look did, did it look windy because i I did notice what, there was quite a few sort of missed headers on both sides like the uh, the as I say, I only got sort of twenty minutes, but it did make me wonder whether.
1: Probably so, and, and maybe the um, the thing that probably gave that away from the kind of visuals was a series of uh, Chris Packett's American Beauty-ing the way across the pitch. <laughs> so it probably was a very windy, windy, uh, you know, January day in Leeds for this one. So, yeah, the, the situations probably weren't ideal. Um, I mean, also, I'd like to add as well, just to add a little bit of insult to injury, <laughs> a little bit of uh, salt on the roast potatoes. It's the thing I like doing. I like putting salt on roast potatoes, mm. and uh, but in a negative way, there's a goal kick in the seventh minute where Dawson kind of ran up to it and slipped, overtaking it, and mm. that just kind of summed up <laughs> out of a lot of his kicking, really. Oh, and. So it was interesting, like we were setting up for the counter-attack, but we weren't really getting it forward. We had difficulty holding on to possession. No one's really there to kind of win it in the middle of the park, which does a lot of mistimed headers, like you mentioned. So probably the conditions aren't very good for that. But also, I think in terms of personnel, it wasn't particularly good for okay. that. I don't particularly think yeah. the Bulls are really getting that far up to win all, and win all's not, not uh, the best out of our strikers in terms of kind of bringing the ball down and winning that. He's not someone who's a target man.
0: He's he's probably the worst. I would think so. I
1: would think so. Uh Um, and then kind of looking at the highlights from the first half in the 17th minute Leeds made a huge miss. It was a really great free kick actually.
0: Okay.
1: Um, which they kind of swung into. And I think it was Harrison who kind of got on the end of it
0: Right.
2: and just,
1: he met it very well, but just, just put it completely wide and it's, It looked like a goal. It looked like it. Basically, it's to a goal all day long. And that probably kind of sums up a lot of leads as well. Their finishing was pretty poor from those those kind of situations. Um, We had the, you know, we were still giving away kind of a few poor free kicks in the first half. You know, we couldn't really keep hold of the ball.
2: Yes,
0: yeah.
1: Um, They had a disallowed goal, which was just... um,
0: Oh, yeah. Offside, wasn't it?
1: It was offside and the ball kind of came down to um, the thing I was kind of saying about the first half was Eurohidi was doing very, very well, despite the fact that they really concentrate a lot down that left flank okay I mean the fact they've got Jonathan Douglas who's a very good attacking left back um Harrison was just he was really good in the first half and basically for that uh, disallowed goal the ball kind of came up looked like it was going out and just with a real deft touch Harrison brought it down on one touch kind of brought it in and then slipped it in it was a good ball if yeah. it was but it was completely offside okay. and then the cross then for you know, Bamford to head home was offside as well. But it, it kind of really summed up a lot of the threat that this Leeds team have. They've yeah. We've talked about teams that have impressed us. I've been really impressed with Leeds. They yeah. look like a team that can break and have the quality very, very quickly. And, um,
0: yeah, there's some wonderful passing movements. Because that, that, the bit that I saw was basically... It may well have been the story of the match by and large, but it was just constant pressure and and quite inventive passing moves you know sort of looking like they were they were leaving a wing to 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 sort of spread the play and then going back to that wing because that had opened up because we were sort of shuttling across so yeah they're they're, they're all, I mean they're they are top two for a reason um, mm, definitely yeah, definitely
1: and I've never really seen the same level of quality from the games of West Brom yeah so I'm kind of surprised why West Brom are as high, as Leeds that top two. I mean, Is they have a be, lot. I of think
0: it's quality. quality of striker probably as much as everything. Yeah, that's probably something as well.
1: Um, but it was interesting because I mean, Yorohidi was um just brilliant in terms of work rate and tenacity and determination that first half. And I said he did really well considering considering like he had like a lot they of. Would,
2: uh, yeah, they
1: were that. concentrating so much about, and they were you know they were getting a little bit of uh, change out of him in those situations. But it's it's tough. It's it was yeah. really tough for him in that situation um the other kind of note i just want to make is basically dawson was making some really good saves um we looked back at there was a good chance where it was a great uh slip through pass from bannon to reach reach swung one over and it was really too quick for murphy to really do anything and you don't really want murphy on the end of that and that didn't end up getting very well as you imagine Yes, yeah. so um, first half, basically, I think the stats kind of painted a very big picture, which is basically like Leeds has 70% of the possession, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. We had 30%, and then we had six shots with none on target. Uh, Burner ran one over. There wasn't really much to kind of write home about. Already from that first half, it looked like we were doing very well considering with leads.
2: Okay, yeah.
1: Just kind of going forwards looking poor. I I said at one point, actually, in my notes, just in that first half, was actually it really wasn't working for Winall, despite how fat, how hard he was trying. Yeah. And I would actually, I mean, if we had the personnel, I would actually go with a 4-6-0 in this one. (laughs) Like, just because I think we have far more promise and pace and, you know, attacking auctions,
0: if I mean, you could you could add it would be daring. It would be you'd have to you know if it didn't work, he'd have to really um, get his flak jacket on. But um, <laughs> if you if you swapped Winall for for uh, Harris and then had it that kind of the spare man out of that those three wingers was always pushing to the middle, mm-hmm.
2: that,
0: yeah, as much as any other striker that would be useful whether it ends up being reach murphy or or harris not not you know none of those are, are going to be a welcome presence running at you but it would just be getting in behind would be the key wouldn't it it's it's quality and behind which hopefully we would have with lee and bannon and luongo there and uh Berner loves a pass <laughs> uh so so yeah I, I joined the game sort of i i didn't see New You come on and I didn't see him get his yellow card. So it must have been that sort of 71st minute or so that, that I was able to watch from. Um, mm. And just seeing, like as you sort of described, tons of possession for Leeds. Um, several players dropping down injured, whether that was to kind of buy some time and uh, some breathing space. But Berner went down injured. Um, Kieran Lee went down injured sort of holding his head and his shoulder and then Uragide was getting some help uh, from Maliovsky with his cramp uh, having having no doubt uh, hindered him and and uh, in some ways caused the cramp he, he then helped him stretch it out um so then we we made the change so Ati knew you came on were you pleased with the change when it when it came
2: I mean, I, I, here's
1: the interesting thing, so I, I kind of want to just backtrack a little bit to oh, the sorry. beginning of the second half, that's fine, um, also just want to say, I really, really, as much as I'm kind of admiring and kind of backing my lashes at this Leeds team, they're still Leeds and I yes. think that was summed up by the beginning of the second half. They came out and did one of those those really toss-like, um, you know, warm-up things on the sideline, you know, where uh, they kind yeah. of jump over things. And I'm like, I just can't stand these people. I can't <laughs> stand teams that do that. It's just – it's so wanky. It really <laughs> is. It's just terrible. <laughs> so they're doing that. I mean, this is just leads all over, I mean, really. But we came out with a lot more kind of intensity and pace in the second half. We looked cause some issues. We were kind of um, – you know, we were really pushing forward. And I, I, I guess this is an interesting thing, is how much is always... We've seen this a lot, especially from Wednesday. You know, there's a talking at half time, there's some tweaks. Yeah. Sometimes there's a bollocking, sometimes there isn't a bollocking. And we come out with a lot more kind of intensity and verve in that second half. But I also wondered how much of it was just really just in that first half to just get a measure of what leads were doing, kind yeah. of contain them, see what hand they're playing. And then kind of retire to the dressing room, and then just make a few tweaks and uh, go back out, or just change a few things that weren't working. Because we we seem to yeah. drop off them a lot in the uh, first half, and the second we were actually getting up there and um, causing a few issues for them.
0: I th- he does. Uh, I think he quite often likes to do that. <laughs> Um, not right off the first half, but if we don't have a clear, sometimes we clearly start the match with a, this is what we need to do. They're really bad at X, so make them do lots of X. But it, when we don't have that clear out the gates, then his second option seems to be that he likes to play it very safe first half, see how things go. Maybe even for an hour, play it very safe mm. and then make, make some quite aggressive changes to, to try and change things uh in our favor mm. yeah it's
1: intriguing it is interesting so i mean we had a couple we had a few chances um there was a great chance at 49th minute where great work from uh murphy and then he kind of screwed across and Winall was just a little bit away from it on the slide
0: oh, yeah, heard that yeah.
1: That was kind of heartbreaking
0: if he was six inches taller i believe was the commentary
1: i i agree that is, uh, that is a good comment. Um, 51st minutes, uh, some more great work by Murphy. He fed Lee in, and Lee, Lee screwed it across. And that was just great to see, because it was just kind of like a real callback to, you know, Kieran Lee having this real radar in his head. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, some of my work colleagues were talking about a uh, – a young hockey player who, basically, what he used to do was to watch a game, and he would draw where the players were for the basically the positions of maximum opportunity. Okay. And to get in those positions, and um, just had like a real kind of radar in his head. And that mm. play, that player turned up, grew up to be Wayne Gretzky. So uh, I thought a lot about that kind of mentality with um, just a general across sports.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, just thinking, it is a real talent that Kieran Lee kind of possesses, and just seeing a little callback to that. That was really, really sweet to see. Lovely. Um, 53rd minute, we had some pinball around the box, and then it kind of fell out for Winall, who volleyed it over. He just couldn't keep it down. I think mm-hmm. that was probably the chance for Winnall, I'll be honest. Okay. Yeah. And... Then other things of notes, um, I kind of drifted off with some of the kind of play. Urihidi did a fantastic run at the 56 minute and then was hauled down and we didn't get a penalty. Then two minutes later, he just does the same thing again. Just does (laughs) an absolutely amazing run. And the note I've uh, put down here, I'll try and convey this in an audio sense. His pace and determination is bananas. Bananas in capital letters. (laughs) He was Thank just you. fantastic. He was just full of running and industry and, um yeah, and helping so getting good. down that right flank and then just basically just not knowing when he was beaten good and man. just really giving the Leeds players a real headache with that. You just felt, though, a bit like, well, I've, you know, I've kind of tackled him, and then he just gets up and just keeps going and just wants to win the ball. And a couple of occasions where two or three Leeds players had to take him down. He was just an absolute monster in that regard. So really, really good, really good showing from OU.
0: Do you think it should have been a penalty? Which one would that? Uh, well, would that you, well the, the, the first one you sort of described in it, but this, it, 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 like it we somehow we didn't get one. So do you think it, that one was a miss? Oh, one? it was
1: just a free kick. It was a free oh, kick outside okay. the box. Sorry, right, it, okay. didn't, it didn't uh, encroach into the penalty oh, okay. area. But I, oh. I didn't understand why it was. And then there was this kind of weird relationship with um, Leeds were getting a fair few fouls because we're a team that gives away fouls. Yes. And then somehow when they got a free kick, I think after a spell, they gave like an ironic cheer. And it was very strange because it wasn't like I didn't feel that they were being short shrifted by the referee. No. The referee was was kind of okay. Maybe we could have got one or two more free kicks. I'll be honest, but it was it was fairly it was fairly decent for that regard. So I don't think anybody was um, was being screwed out of anything.
0: No. Oh well, that's good to hear. So, so did did those those chances for Urigide came after they got they swapped Barry Douglas for Aliovsky, Is that right?
1: That may be the situation. What minute did uh, did he come on? Because I was he aware of the
0: fifty sixth minute.
1: Right, yeah, Which so it was around that time, basically. Yeah, Which
0: but I guess is their first attacking move, isn't
1: it? Yeah, and I found it was interesting, the fact that despite the fact that Leeds had this possession and dominance, they were the one looking to keep changing things and mm. try something else because it wasn't working in their perspective. And we just kind of held tight on that. Um, I'd wondered whether I mean, we couldn't come to um, do you want to talk about like the timing of the substitutions because I yeah, think okay. that that kind of brings in a, a big different flavor to the game?
0: Yeah, so they they made their second sub before we made any. Um, so they uh, took off Klitsch who'd been playing in the midfield and swapped him for Pablo Hernandez who's probably a bit more of an attacking midfielder than Klitsch, mm. so two quite attacking changes really He's changing a, a left back for a left winger who can, he can play left back but he's he's mainly a left winger Aliowski. and then um yeah Hernandez tends to be a pretty attacking presence as well um and then we made our change 69th minute we we uh, subbed on Attie Niu for Sammy Winall which I think is um I think is a substitution I think is a
1: starting for Niu up top of zone. I think we'd like to think that New Year could do that more often. Yeah, I really think that maybe what we saw from the sub appearance is what we think should happen more often with New Year. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: um, just again, that level of kind of consistency from the ed- enigmatic Kosovan striker that we have, mm. um, the Kosovan Snooky who has yes. a little, uh, <laughs> few, few surprises in her handbag, poten- potentially. <laughs> And I think that's probably the kind of substitution that changed the game. I was a little bit at the time. I mean, I guess that was interesting. Maybe that was a real kind of Gary Monk masterclass. Um, we didn't typically think for a lot of us that the substitutions were very good. I think and that then, was kind of the what was kind of going around from the little bit I saw on Twitter from a few and a few mentions on the commentary.
0: And uh, then, uh, and then in a sort of um, oh no, I've forgotten his. A sh- an M Night Shyamalan style um, <laughs> twist. All of those, all of those players that were brought on had a part to play in the uh, the thrilling finale.
1: Exactly, because then we brought on. So Erihidi was having a fantastic game, and he went down with cramp. I felt really bad when that happened because it was just. Yeah. I was really worried it was like an injury, and we just wouldn't see him for God, I don't know, one or two months now, whatever. Whoever the you know joining the <laughs> injury
0: list he first um there was a there was a clip going around um, bullen was was sharing a, a clip on twitter of fox getting all the way back from uh, an attacking position mm. and kind of fault tracking his his brighton uh winger um opposition player all the way back into our box and making a block and similarly that same sort of desire um we had a free kick that uh, we didn't do very much with it was it was quite weird it was that one where sort of Nui seemed to go to chest it even though it looked like a kind of free header for him I don't know um, but they broke very quickly from that and Urugide was completely out of position so he, he was pressing the ball on the left flank <laughs> chased all the way down the left flank and then was making his way back across the box and was in a really good position to clear uh, to intercept and clear a very good cross that Leeds had had put past uh, Fox and and Burner mm. um, so that but it was clearing that away was when he seemed to feel this twinge of the uh, of the cramp and he, he never quite got back to normal after that but it was a you know it was just another very good moment where where it came to light uh but he went down the next sort of breaking play is when he went down and uh and then the, the next chance we 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 subbed him off he was he was subbed after luongo uh
1: yes so 77 minutes luongo went off for Pelopessi, which i didn't know i i wasn't keen on that substitution but again, maybe looking What's at that.
0: What that, has little like, Joey got to do to convince you, Luke? He's
1: well. I, I I just felt from that perspective, I wondered whether we would maybe go because we hadn't really had any kind of great holding uh, DMs up to this game, and that was something that I thought maybe that would kind of happen. Yeah. Other than Bannon, but Bannon's not someone who's really going to break up, play, or tackle a great deal. He he does okay, but he's not that type of player, is he? No. So, yeah, I was kind of wondering about all that stuff. And, yeah, in my mind, I think the substitution I would have made in that position would have been bringing on... I don't even know. I didn't didn't think Luongo was particularly tiring. But maybe... Maybe one of them, maybe Lee, the potential. Leo Longo, one of those two. Yeah. And I would have probably thought about bringing him off, bringing Harris on, bringing Reach into the middle, and then kind of having Harris and Murphy on the wings.
0: But then, yeah, as we say, you know, K- K- Kieran Lee still being on the pitch, maybe we played that big part. Like in Signs, Jacqueline Phoenix, why do we care that he used to play baseball? Well, this is why we care. <laughs> I
1: haven't seen it. I'm deeply upset by the spoiler. Rich, but I'm gonna. But I love you, and I'm gonna carry on. Um.
0: So, but if then that was the thing. Signs, so I mean,
1: yet. I know. But if I haven't seen signs, if you haven't seen signs now, when will you ever see signs? I think yeah. people will say, and they'd be very much correct. Um. So, but that was the thing. That was our last roll of the dice was bringing that enforced change of bringing Hutchinson on. Yeah. Or and I was like, well. I don't know. I mean, generally at that point for a lot of the mentality of the game was I felt so much with this that like if it came to a nil-nil, it would have stopped the rot from these three, you know, these three league performances and it would have been a point. Admittedly, we don't look look back from a very aggressive mentality look and say we've got one out of 12 from the last four games. But I mean, it it would have been something at least. And I, I was really spirited by this performance. You know, a lot of this industry and togetherness and fluidity of players came from that Brighton game and came to this. So maybe at that point, I was kind of maybe just like, I think that's probably it. I, I genuinely, you know, I'm still watching with a vague sense of hope, but yeah, uh, I, I genuinely felt at that point that we were we were settling for the clean sheet. We were settling. There were
0: for substitutions the other game. not to lose what we had, weren't they? They weren't. They weren't substitutions to roll the dice. They were. Mm. They were let's the very least it was base camp you know like this is where we you, the worst thing that happens today is we get a draw is is what those those subs were were designed to do yeah definitely um, and so do you think the uh, just to go on this continually spoiling <laughs> spoiling
1: things no, anybody who's <laughs> never seen the usual suspects do you think uh, do you think Adi knew you as our Kaiser Soze <laughs> in this game
0: he's spent. Uh, the best part of five years limping uh, and looking like a like a non-footballer so that in this very moment he could trick leads <laughs> into going to sleep well it was well so we talked about the
1: uh so about all the substitutions making a hand in this <laughs> yes. Which actually I, I want to say Actually I want to ask you So so the clearance from <laughs> Hutchinson Hutchinson actually kind of hit that long And yeah. that kind of caused a little bit of That didn't go directly into our possession There was a little bit of kind of interchange there It
0: was another missed, a sort of missed header wasn't it He got his head on it but it went straight up in the air And yes. then Lee Kieran Lee got himself involved in Where the ball dropped I don't think it came off Lee I think it came off the Leeds player But it just sort of spilled into the middle of the pitch And um, to, to Atti and uh he played an absolute peach of a ball through for He so. was
1: lovely. And, he just devotes just basically spent a lot of time with Bannon, so he just devotes uh you know, there was some os- osmosis of skills that kind of went to New You. <laughs> We've seen that time you remember the goal against Preston where basically New You had just uh basically, I don't know, prayed to a uh, idol of Lionel Messi prior to the game and then suddenly was begifted some kind of brief temporary powers to just take (laughs) it past three players and bend it into the top corner. So it's such a lovely, sweet weighted ball into Jacob Murphy. And then Jacob Murphy from a position where I would not put any great, immense faith in Jacob Murphy to do anything particularly positive in this situation.
0: And often, Murphy doubts himself in those situations. You quite often see him and check or or hold himself back in those positions, but... Not a modicum of it this time round.
1: No, and just absolutely, just a lovely finish into the corner with his right foot.
0: Yeah, he beat the keeper at the near post, which I'm sure the keeper won't be happy about, but it was a really good, really good finish. It was was really something else.
1: Hit it early, hit it hard. Lovely. 1-0. And suddenly, we just come
0: and just absolutely a real smash and grab. Perfect. Um, and then, obviously, we had the uh, the the. <laughs> you knew it was coming, but the uh, the shock of five minutes of time added on in a half of football where not very much had happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so that you are looking at that thinking, oh, well, are we going to be clinging on? But mm-hmm. probably the least effective part of the game for Leeds United, I think They they didn't get anything going, really.
1: Yeah. And suddenly this team who looked dangerous and attacking and I think Leeds had a decent shape to them. We just that that last goal at the, um, you know, in the third minute, third, fourth minute stoppage time. Yeah. It was just so good. Everything, you know, he fell to Berner. Berner did a lovely, sweet little quick pass. Bannon with just the most sumptuous, kind of blind, kind of, um, you know, curved through ball.
0: Did he sort of down. do the old Ronaldinho trick of looking one way and playing at the other?
1: I don't know if it was quite that sumptuous, but I it was pretty. I thought he kind
0: of like, I thought he looked left and then flicked it over the defender's sort of left shoulder like he looked left and played it played it right but um I, I'd have to see it again I, I didn't I haven't seen a replay it but,
1: yeah it was so- just wonderful it was so just awesome. so sweet um just cool as you like and the thing that was that was first time from Bannon and then it comes onto reach and in my head I think looking back before I kind of went back and actually so I did actually replayed this goal as well as the first goal yeah just before we um we saw the the podcast yeah, and yeah first time from reach as well yeah and the positioning from new you was fantastic you could see him like the two defenders running in to be like crap you know what's going on and then new you just holding back a little you know just just kind of peeled back a little yeah and then just he met it first time as well and then just absolutely Great, just, just sweeped it home past the keeper and just the speed of which we played that ball just made the entire Leeds team look like complete amateurs. Yeah, you know they all seemed to just be on a heap on the floor. It was just seriously looked like it was men against boys.
0: Well, one of um, them genuinely like seemed to have his head in his hands before <laughs> the ball even got to New. I think because he knew because he knew he'd lost Nuriu. I think he was already like, oh, you know, like balls whatever done kind of thing. <laughs> but. Uh, oh tremendous that that goal was unbelievable (laughs) um and a 2-0 win cut to uh cut to Gary Monk with the biggest cheeser on his face because this has to taste incredibly sweet for him (laughs) yeah no boy boy today he was a he had a big grinning like a Cheshire cat today he was so in terms
1: of the kind of layout of the pitch, I want to kind of get my head around this. So the Wednesday fans weren't behind the goal; they were behind the they were behind the goal we were defending.
0: Right. Oh, that's odd. So then we yeah, had this really around.
1: we had this really weird kind of interchange and you know kind of editing where basically so they scored the, the Wednesday fan you know the Wednesday players are going insane. We cut back to a shot of Dawson and Fox. Just kind of whipping up the crowd and loving it and celebrating. I'm like, they're thinking, "Hang on, Dawson's not got that far down the pitch, so it's it's a real kind of think of this. It's another twist in the N. Night Shyamalan uh, film that this is. It's basically a compendium of N. Night Shyamalan twists in one film, with at D New You being uh, Kevin Spacey. Just the full reveal of that spoiler, excuse me. Uh,
0: and it
2: was the I had that
1: spoiler r- ruined for me by a show called Isle of the 90s where oh. they went through. Oh, that film was great, wasn't it? Oh, and then you remember Kevin Spacey was Kai's associate. The I'm like, I haven't fucking seen the film. <laughs> Anyway,
0: it's, it's one from so the you've, 90s, you've so ha- it's, it's probably like
1: The Sixth it. Sense at this point, isn't it? Let's yeah. be honest.
0: Well, that so. is one that people love spoiling. Like, I've never seen The Sixth Sense because the spoiler was everywhere straight away and people, like, I keep thinking, I'll leave it a few years, people will stop talking about The Sixth Sense and I'll maybe forget and be able to watch with a bit of, kind of, room to be surprised by the twist. But, it's constantly in the uh, in the zeitgeist. It must be one of the most culturally affecting films ever. <laughs> that Bruce Willis is dead all along is ingrained in the uh, in the memory of, of all of us, whether we've seen that film or not, whether we've ever seen a film in our lives. We all know babies are born now and know
2: <laughs> Bruce Willis is dead all along. Dead all along.
0: Some ch- children, it's their first words. <laughs>
1: Bruce Willis is a ghost!
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh. uh, and we're all there, and the mum and dad are like, I can't believe they talked about uh, The Sixth Sense on Paw Patrol this week.
0: <laughs> Spongebob's got a whole like episode taking off the, the part of it. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> so... Yeah, but
1: in terms old. of we in did. terms of spoilers, for another sense, we really spoiled, like, Leeds' promotion party today. We did. Yeah, no, this was a real bloody nose and real blip on their radar of them being top dogs and contenders. And, you know, interesting that they're a team that are so good, and yet we've basically taken four points off them.
0: Yeah absolutely
1: it's uh it's impressive and i do want to say what is it about adi knew you and he really loves those last minute like loss on the victory goals because we've had like a couple of them now haven't we
0: oh that one in the snow was is that's one of his his absolute highlight real moments for for wednesday isn't it that really is it really just nudging the uh nudging the the leads defender into row three with his ass and then sliding it into the far <laughs> corner just was there whilst everybody is kind of like ice skating on this this snow that fell in the space of about 10 minutes brilliant but and then days the was yeah, right open,
1: that's isn't it that's another spoiler because that was like uh that was like turning up that like Bambi Bambi knew how to ice skate all along wasn't <laughs> it really
0: uh, If only the mum had uh, <laughs> This is um, this is great. Like uh, just ticking off all the films we're spoiling for people is really fun. Uh, <laughs> so don't get me
1: onto the crying game or the uh, <laughs> and, and not the crying game purely because uh, you know the Leeds fans are
0: crying and we're pissing all over the chips. <laughs> and it was Rosemary's Baby all along. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Oh. And that's the prestige. Um sorry. <laughs> oh dear, just making myself chuckle. Um so so do you would you like to rate some players Luke? I know I Would like to window. rate some players. Like St. Peter. Dr. Luke likes to rate players. Um <laughs> big cam Cameron Dawson.
1: I'll save Cami, um, he made some he made some decent saves, and I want to give him a seven, and I want to say that's purely for his saves. Um, <laughs> so I, I would have basically said I think I would have in a different game given him an eight. Yeah, um, I loved his saves and the he made and his command of the area. He like had some really good moments where he like claimed the ball from a corner. Like, I think we did that twice. Yeah, it was just really cool and assured. Um, he would have got an eight, but his kicking was dire. His kicking was so poor. So that's why he's down to a seven.
0: That's fair enough. You know,
1: it's funny we do these ratings and then you, you, you want to give someone a seven and then they you know don't do a you know, they're okay, but then they actually end up scoring, so it comes to seven point five. <laughs> and uh but he gets a point deducted for his kicking, which was fair enough. Just bad. It was really bad. But anyway, outside of that, I don't know. Um an interesting uh thing to think about from a long term perspective, I definitely would like a new contract for Cameron Dawson.
2: Yeah. I think he
1: deserves one. But then the overall kind of burning question is is I don't know it's weird. So to kind of talk and think about hockey from this perspective, okay. (laughs) um, (laughs) Not where we thought we were going. Not where we thought we were going. No. So the Calgary Flames right now have got this uh, Czech keeper called David Rittich, who's basically been kind of primed to be number one, but he's not quite kind of quite there. So then they've just kind of brought in basically like a a secondary kind of goal stop who's more experienced guy called Cam Talbot, who's I think is probably benefiting from some of the kind of questionable form from Riddich. Um, it doesn't really work that... I don't know if it works that much in football. Like It, it seems to be like a real... It's, it's a lot more of a state. There's less kind of turnover. I guess there's less games. Yeah. And I don't know if we can kind of afford to do that with Dawson. I don't know. I mean, hopefully... We've had this conversation and we've also had, um believe, was it one of the listeners, Mark Etches, who kind of basically yeah. kind of sent us a message on Twitter basically saying, yeah, he's no spring chicken at this stage.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, the, the times are kind of clicking on for Cameron Dawson. So I kind of think I would like, I would like someone a bit better. Just the question yeah. is, is Dawson going to be, does he have any room to grow to become a little bit better in that aspect? Or... You know, is it someone else that comes in? I definitely think we need someone who's going to push him for a first first team slot.
2: Yeah. And
1: yeah. I, you know, I don't think I don't know. Is is Westwood completely gone at this point? That's It'd another be nice question. It'd
0: if he wasn't, but I, I find it hard to think that he's not completely gone. I, I, I don't know
1: if he's gone to his is he is he proper Irish or is he fake Irish? Westwood. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a heartily fake Irish, I think. He's
1: uh, he's, he's enjoyed a uh, Guinness on a few occasions. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. He's Manchester. So he's a he's a big Mac lad, isn't he? Yeah. So I don't know if he's going to go off into his kind of Guinness wilderness and kind of come back and <laughs> be reborn again, or I don't know. I, so I also made another interesting note as well, which was like I, I I guess I was wondering about the times of Yoss and when Yoss was deciding to stick with yeah. completely kick out. Uh, westward from the first team pitcher which at that time was completely undeserved and we decided to go with Dawson for the mentality of basically being like you know a, a remit that we felt that Yoss was probably given or maybe not maybe it wasn't but basically he was trying to kind of blood some of these youngsters so he played Dawson and then Dawson would often like stroke it short
2: yeah yeah
1: and it's interesting because we don't do that anymore. I'm kind of glad we don't do that, especially under the leads. That would have been disastrous because they were playing a real high press, and a lot of teams like playing this this high press, like we mentioned. We like
0: playing the high press against those teams that pass it around the back four.
1: We do we as tend well, to do particularly yeah. well. Yeah, exactly. So, but I'm wondering how much of that was then also coming from the perspective of like his kicking is dire.
0: That's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it from that. I I think it was definitely he was told to do it because he never looked comfortable doing it. Yeah. So it was definitely the way Yoss wanted to play. You're right. I think it felt harsh on Westwood where we've obviously seen that he had a little bit left in the tank. But it it feels like with what we've seen this season, it wasn't far off being the right time for that decision. What didn't help Dawson was the team in front of him weren't, Utter shambles. shambles <laughs> like yeah. now he's got a very good defense in front of him and the better your defense is the less you have to do as a goalkeeper uh, um I remember like what when we when everybody was calling David De Gea the best goalkeeper in the world somebody looked at the statistics and it's like he had to make on average four saves a match now most keepers have to make eight to ten so it's quite easy to look like the best ever when you're not having to do very much um and Dawson had the exact opposite of that, where he was having to. He was the most active. I think it, the, he was making the most saves, or he'd made the most saves. Like there was some glowing statistics in that regard, but he'd still let in a lot of goals and, and didn't keep any clean sheets. But that just meant he was overworked. That was a bad, bad team and a, particularly a bad defense in front of him.
1: Well, and that's a, um and that's probably something for the people doing kind of, as we do a draft fantasy league.
2: Mm. Um,
1: maybe if you're so relegated by, you don't have any kind of top choice keepers to pick out for clean sheets, maybe pick one from a bad team because they're going to be under the cosh every game. they are got to make a ton of saves and that's going to be a lot of points. So, there's like a really weird kind of interesting mentality of looking at you know, goalkeepers from poor performing teams, they're probably tested a lot more often yeah. than than your man than your man yeah. uh Davy De Gea, who's uh stealing, you know, stealing mm-hmm. our hearts for how good a goalkeeper is when he's not stealing donuts from uh from a Tesco in Manchester.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Well, no, but now he's in a team, a Man United team, that are not very good. He's making clangers every other week. So, you know, <laughs> how good of a goalkeeper he was is a, is a big question, isn't it? It is. It really is. I don't care whether he's good or not. But, um, you know, somebody, it's a big question for them. <laughs> but in mm. terms of Dawson, I, I th- I'm still of the opinion we could do better. Yeah. Um, then it becomes, what can we can we do anything about? Because Westwood obviously will be taking a, a pretty significant wage. So in terms of managing a wage bill. Mm. And, now, a, and now for another year and a half, basically. Yeah, yeah. Bringing in another first team goalkeeper without moving Westwood on would be... A pretty massive chunk of change I would think being dedicated Mm. just to goalkeeping so it's then it's whether I'm sort of feeling that Dawson is good enough to do the job but then it's 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 the scale of your ambitions and whether you can do something about about
2: Westwood yeah
0: because if you're a team that wants to get promoted or win the league probably need a bit better than Cameron Dawson. If you're a team that is happy to be in mid-table, I think Dawson's more than good enough. I I, I think Dawson will be, you know, he will play professional football into his mid-30s now. that's um, He's good enough to do it. The question of which level he ends up at is, is fairly up in the air, I would think. Mm. Uh, but... His all-round goalkeeping seems to be improving, as you say. His his control, his command of the area is better. He's going up for, you know, he's going, he's he's braver going up for big claims in the box. Um, And to an extent, Dawson is a bit like your hockey uh, keeper uh, analogy. Dawson is riding a wave of. In some ways, he starts every game with a six and a half or a seven because he's not throwing the ball at the foot of a striker in our box under very little pressure. He's not mm. trying to climb over a crowd of players when he's too short to do it. You know, he's not making a howling clangor that's giving a goal away every game. And therefore, he's much, much better than his alternative <laughs> in that position. Uh, but at some point, he has he has to stand out on his own. But I do think he's he's maybe starting to, to do that to an extent. Um, but, but maybe not quick enough for us this season. Anyway, uh, seven. There we go. Mm-hmm. Every player is going to have fifteen minutes on their uh, on, <laughs> on their rating. Um, next up, oh you, oh you. It's- um, wow,
1: this is. Uh, he's um he's a contender for man of the match, oh, but I don't think he's going to quite get that mantle, which is heartbreaking. I've given him an eight. His drive and running was just incredible. The pace, the power and determination from him is something else. Uh, He had a, you know, defensively, he did some good work as well. Just, yeah. I mean, this is, um, I don't know where this is going to go with him. He's still still very young. He really has. And, you, you know, we all remember we talked about the game against Brighton for his debut.
2: Yeah.
1: And now he's made his senior league debut. And both have been great games, but um, today was even better actually than Brighton.
0: Oh, in that's terms so that. good to hear. Yeah.
1: And just re- we remember we talked about the interview of him afterwards, where he was just he was just beaming. Yeah, it was just yeah. it just it, it meant the world to him, and it 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 makes me struggle to not start crying when I think about that. And um, I, I think someone it's just it's bringing in just like a little bit of new blood you know and it's someone who comes in who's just looks like his attitude is just incredible and his approach to the game and I hope he's I hope he's just got the biggest smile tonight because he deserves it
0: He really does deserve it. And yeah, that video, I think it just cut to the heart of everyone in in a way. Um, It captured that kind of football fraternity feeling that we've talked about in previous weeks. Uh, You know, when players get injured and everybody stands to clap them off. And uh, there's a bit of that sometimes with sort of minute silences and things like that as well. And yeah, this young guy just overwhelmed by his debut um yeah captured captured so many hearts and uh, i think over four million people had viewed that video um last time i checked so yeah wonderful that's so good to hear and um i'm, I'm almost welling up myself uh, we should move on swiftly to uh, to dominic i uh i've gone for a seven
1: for a um and I, I say seven with a kind of sigh and kind of heavy heart because that's kind of damning for i <laughs> because he's just so good yeah i thought he was the worst of the two it's probably i worst game for a bit but i say worst is because he's not because he just looked a bit shaky today
0: i mean if your worst game is keeping a clean sheet away at um, our biggest divisional rivals and also top of the table. You can tell the sort of season that Dominic Ioffer is having. Dominic having. Is having. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Bad day at the office today. Only kept the clean sheet against the uh, against the dirty leads. <laughs> but he was
1: he was still good. He was still Dominic yeah. Ioffer and he, he had some important plays to make and important defensive bits. So that's good.
0: There was one moment um, later on where he absolutely smashed uh, their winger um, and and, and confidently let the ball roll out of play, even though it must—it probably had about twenty yards left to go. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I'll, I'll take your—I'll take your your line on that and uh, accept that he was the maybe the weaker out of the two, although uh, in light of a very good day all round. Mm. Uh, Julian Berner was his partner at the back,
1: and he gets a seven point five. He was the better of the two. He was a lot more commanding. Um, he seemed to have a lot more of those moments of getting things by the scruff of the neck. Mm. I don't recall any great errors. I think he made like a mild one. Okay. Um, I also made a bit of a mild error near the beginning bit, actually coming off from Morahide. And it was just kind of just, he just thought, yeah, it's one of those things. Luckily we, I think it just ended up in a chance where Bamford Tainleaf hit one at Dawson. Okay. Cause Bamford is terrible. And, um, <laughs> And a crap footballer and a bad striker. And I don't know why that leads keep sticking with him. But anyway, that's uh,
0: a story
1: for a different time.
0: He's probably racked up sort of 30, 40 million in transfer fees during his career and never done anything anywhere. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Anyway, back to everyone's yeah. favourite German Julian Berner. Um, he's just looking like he's back and looks like he's back amongst it. And uh, yeah, Lee's is going to have a real time on his hands trying to get back into that uh, defensive centre back pairing.
0: And maybe he doesn't. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not. Uh, it's not Tom Lees doesn't owe us anything. He's been one of the best free transfers in the history of the football club.
1: Um, mm. But if. Up there, with, up there with other best free transfer of the football club, Julian Burner.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I but I loved that moment towards it, because I, I, I talked about how little pressure there seemed to be after our goal. Leeds seemed to go to pieces, but that it was a gorgeous moment when, when Berner sort of had a look around and was able to burn up kind of 10, 15 seconds with a kind of a leisurely takedown on his chest a bit of a look around and then thumping the volleyed pass uh, forward. Um, It just spoke to just how comfortable he is and uh, what a great presence he is to have around the the team. Uh, I was just
1: looking at the Twitter, the Wednesday Twitter account. So uh, they did a tweet about just over an hour ago. So probably been deep in, deep in furrowing our brows over this game. But um, uh, the boss went hard and courage, brilliant from them all. There's a picture of Julian Burner. Just celebrating for the fans. But he's got a Wednesday scarf on.
2: Ugh.
1: It's a bit of that kind of, you know, I think as as uh, Englishmen, we're a little bit cynical sometimes towards people being yeah. like incredibly, and it just feels like a very European thing, you know? <laughs> Like really completely unironic genuine you know love for doing something and it's just in this picture if you can go and put in the show notes or link to it it just kind of oh, captures God, everything it captures everything I think that is Julian Berner which is just earnest an earnest love for what he does and it's just beautiful to see so again again I look like I'm gonna start crying again. <laughs>
0: Luke's uh, Luke's bladder is a bit near his eyeballs today. Um, <laughs> it's big, it's, a, big it's, it's uh, a big day.
1: It's that time of the month
0: in my, uh, in my apartment. <laughs> I mean. But he he just to speak to that kind of enthusiasm. I mean, he's a guy who's had an accomplished career in Germany. He's come over. He's twenty eight years of you know twenty eight years of age. He's not he's not a, a young Whippersnapper, but he's come over because he loves English football and wants to. He wants to. He sort of wanted to give it a go. You know, to hear him interviewed, and I, I'd love to. I'd like to think. You know, from the way he's reacting to us and uh, the way we're reacting to him, that his experience with English football must be everything he hoped for and more uh it's a really it's great it's great to be part of and great to watch um and before yeah before we well up again we should move on to, to <laughs> captain fox morgan captain fox morgan who's also a picture of him um uh,
1: celebrating with the fans at the end as well for that stoppage time goal the one that we saw the cameras kind of flicked over to uh fans behind so fox morgan went over to uh to give a little cuddle to one of the uh one of our, our lovely wednesday hoolies in the fans
0: that's a great picture as well sorry i
1: shouldn't call him a hoolie that's just a very descriptive, <laughs> very, very crappy thing to say he's a fan he's a fan he's, he's he's a bit track suited but uh he's having a little bit of a cuddle with morgan fox morgan so that's good and um I'm going to go for a seven for him. Um, he didn't, you know, get forward. We didn't look for him to be the one getting forward down the wing, but he was decent all-round defensively. Um, yeah. 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 It's it's more kind of good stuff from him, and he's another man who uh, I, think he needs another, I think he needs a contract.
0: His confidence playing the ball forward is really a marked difference between how he was before and how... Um, how he is now and it's really helping the team you know the the fact he's very confidently and quickly picking out either reach or you know either his winger or somebody in field with those passes really is helping us build play going forward he's uh it's it's been really good to see his 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 play come forward leaps and bounds and maybe maybe he's more like the sort of player he was at at charlton it's taken a while but you know he did attract a fee he was fairly well thought of at charlton um and I think we're seeing more and more why that was the case. And yeah, I, I do think he deserves a, a new contract uh, along with Cameron Dawson. Um, in, ter- in terms of that midfield three, uh, who do you want to who do you want to pick up first?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Maybe we'll do uh, who scored holding midfielder. Kieran oh yes. Lee.
0: <laughs> <laughs> always
1: been uh, a DM. It, always been a DM. You gave him a seven. I thought he was busy and industrious. He had those moments where he kind of popped up with the ball, which was just beautiful to see. Um,
0: And that industry did play a part, although not sort of directly, but it did play a part in the first goal as well.
1: Yeah, so that's an interesting thing. I I think I'd still like to, especially with our kind of striker crisis. I think we need to keep this midfield free. And I think you definitely want to put Bannon and Lee in there, probably with Luongo. Just another. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then even I wouldn't besmirch. Luongo dropping for Hutchinson on yeah. some occasion, but I, I like this midfield free of yeah, Bannon and Lee, you know, our two, our two, uh, center mids who came in our team of the team of the decade. Um, it's good to yeah. see that we still got some juice to get out of Kieran Lee, even if we've not seen that kind of assists or goals, he's still coming with a like an impact that we can't sometimes quite, can't quite put into words, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I, it's good. I, I,
1: was ha- I was happy for
0: good stuff. Uh, do Luongo next?
1: Let's do Luongo. Uh, Seven point five. You know his absolute quality and his determination. He had a couple of situations uh, similar to the free kick he one at Brighton, where okay. he wants to. He'll put his head anywhere, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And yeah. just having a play like that with that kind of heart and soul is is something else. And then on top of that, you know, he's absolutely quality with the ball. Yeah, um, he can move the ball quickly. He's got a bit of pace to him. He's fit. He's agile. He's able. Just great, great. engine. A um, little bit disappointed to see him go off, but uh, whatever. And I think, as the as Richard Miller said in the previous podcast, um, he's an absolute Rolls Royce of a player.
0: I did say that, and I, yeah, I stand by it. What a what a treat! It might just be for Luongo; he's not played masses of football, pardon upon this season, um, and playing two games back to back might just have been. Might, they might just have felt he was take it, it was taking his toll on him, and mm. there might be a case of sort of managing his his way back into the first team as well because certainly the more games he can play between now and the end of the season the better we will be served as a team and and sort of forcing him to the end to the end of 90 minutes when maybe it's better for his his muscles his fitness etc to to take him off a little bit ahead of that and uh and maybe it's worth it in the, in the long run you've got to manage that manage everyone haven't you you've got to manage the uh, energy levels and uh tears and wear and tear uh, in this uh exhaustive championship season um mm. barry bannon completes the trio we Baz, um some great interplay and footwork from him
1: uh neat and tidy some great balls um i actually was writing this down kind of prior to the kind of uh, the goals and basically saying that it's a shame we didn't get an assist from him but we got okay, a second yeah. assist. Yes, you know to kind of carry right. on with Luke's uh, fervent, weird hockey analogies. <laughs> in this way, he got a second assist, and that was such a beautiful, lovely, sweet-weighted ball that he uh, that he just sent down the line for for Ricciño to do his magic with. And. Um, yeah, I think a 7.5 is is good for him. Good stuff. I think there are games we'll see a lot more from Bannon. There'll be games where we're like, it's a shame we didn't see, you know, we didn't get that, like, Bannon's performance didn't get the assist or the goal, you know, Yeah, yeah. from him. But it's it's still a very good performance from Bannon.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Um, Murphy on the right wing.
1: Uh, Jacob Twinkle Toes Murphy. <laughs> As I've noticed on his corners, he does like a real Fred Flintstone uh, bowling kind of run Oh, run-off. nice. You know, we just don't get the sound effects annoyingly of him doing that. Um, but he did that. And his, his corners were quite good, actually, while I'm talking about that. I've gone for a 7.5 for Murphy. Um, Murphy had an interesting game because in the beginning, he was looking, uh, his like pace and verve, he was looking dangerous. Mm. Yet he would often just kind of lose the ball afterwards. Right. And it was really weird to see just being like... You know, maybe is a little bit like that commentator was saying about his performance at Brighton last week, where basically like you know he's had a good game, but his deliveries have let him down.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think he's quite he's quite a direct player by and large, but mm. seems like he can be dissuaded. I, I do remember that with uh, Ben Marshall, there was a few games where clearly teams had decided to you know rattle into a tackle or two early doors with him. And he just would then sink into his shell. And it's a little bit like that with Murphy. You know, if things go, Mm. if those first few kind of nibbles where he's having a run at his man and things, if they go well, he tends to then go on and have a really good game. But if he struggles, then it's kind of sets him up for another, for a game full of kind of toiling away and not, and not much happening for him. Um, But Yeah, well, great to see him grab that goal, and that hopefully will give him a lot of confidence. That was a tremendous finish.
1: It was really something fantastic, and I think I need to see it again from different angles. Yes, Um, you kind of (sighs) baffled me, Rich, when you said you beat him. He beat the keeper, the near post. I didn't see it that way, but maybe I completely, I don't know. It was, it was just, it That's was a it, real fantastic
2: finish. Yeah.
0: That's what it looked like to me, but I i, I might, I might be wrong and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get some highlights at some stage, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then the opposite flank was Adam Reach's, uh today.
1: Rich was really good as well. Um, as you say, I think he's enjoying that kind of life on the left wing. Um, mm. Some great little plays and footwork, some good crossing, some good industry, and then, you know, a lovely sweet assist as well. So, um, yeah, I can't believe I'm saying that. But I, I think that for right now, with form, that Reach and Murphy are our first, maybe our first two yeah. first choice wing options going into the next game or for the foreseeable future until something changes. Um, but really good. 7.5. I think I've said Great. that already. Yeah.
0: He's he's enjoying life on the left wing so much he's um he started reading Mao's Little Red Book. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's taken to wearing one of those little hats like Jeremy Corbyn. He's really loving it on the left. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy Winall. Oh. Everyone's favourite
1: champagne socialist, Adam Reach. <laughs> anyway, let's move on from the uh from the let's move you, on, from the, you,
0: let's move this, on uh, from
1: the the wing the winged Bernie Sanders, Adam Reach. <laughs> Do we're just gonna
0: wander along to Sammy Winnell?
1: <laughs> Sammy Winnell. Oh dear. This is the kind of negative of the game. I'm gonna give him a six. Okay. I I also wonder with this might just be conjecture and complete guesses. Um I don't think this is a real radical prediction, but maybe it seems that. I think this might be his last game in a Wednesday shirt. Really? I think what's going to happen is he's maybe not going to play um, for the next game or two and then he'll get snapped up or will be gone or he'll be gone soon. You know, we're into the last six months of his contract. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. And this is someone who's cost us, well, it's cost half a million. So it's not, it's not the worst thing in the world. We're not going to see some Mesut Ozil keeping on the contracts in the books, um, but I, yeah, I think this is the last of him. And he tried hard. He really should have scored from that corner pinball. Um,
0: I, I, the, the highlights are up on the Sky Sports website now, so I've I've had a chance to see that uh, particular yes uh, miss, which is it's astounding he didn't hit the target with it. It was must have should been. Should have it hit the target. Bit. It's one of
1: those where you think, well, you need to at least hit the target first, you know.
0: Yeah, it, and you to know. be honest, his the other one that Murphy. Played through for him is a is a bit of a sitter as well. Um, you think the one that he, if he was six inches taller, he would have hit it. I think if he remembered he had a left leg, it looks like. But yeah, uh, they're not good watching those highlights. Uh, for, for Sammy Winall. Mm. I'm just and I'm wondering for me it's whether he gets uh, somebody's yeah, interested in him. Sorry.
1: Well I think it will. I think someone will. I think um I think someone will think, oh he can still do a job. I think he'll either drop down a level or he'll go to Barnsley, which essentially is kind of dropping down a level.
2: Yeah. <laughs> to, be, he, <laughs> to
0: be critical. And uh he holds some of the same records or some of the similar records to Rhodes, doesn't he? In like well, before they joined us, both of them <laughs> were, were holding these records. I don't know about after the years of being with Sheffield Wednesday and not scoring. One of to, up there with Billy Billy Sharp and um, yeah, John like most goals in top the top
1: scoring Englishman so. in the last decade. Yes, yeah. yes, I think I've seen that stat keep, as well.
0: Keep adding caveats, and Sammy Winnall becomes Pele.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I don't know. I. Because then it, it comes down to the
1: question at the end of the season. I think he's probably gone at this point. He's 28. He's still got a few more years left. Um, started off at Wolves. That's interesting. I do not know that. Yeah. He's from Wolverhampton. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. He's just never looked very good for Wednesday. That's the be-all be all and end-all, isn't it? It's just never. Mm. Even, even when he came in right at the start full of you know he's on a great run of form he'd kind of taken the championship by storm uh that first half season with uh, with Barnsley and even then he came in and missed loads of chances looked pretty uh, lacking in confidence on the ball he certainly did he just didn't look as good as the people that he was playing with mm. in, in what was Carlos's uh, second go at a, at a promotion winning team when all just never fit <laughs> it's the opposite of Kieran Lee yeah yeah I get that yeah um okay so uh, he was replaced the first sub we made was was you came on and here's my man of a match it's oh. you he gets
1: an eight um just what is it about that you know? Is he? I don't know. We sometimes get these like super sub appearances from him. I know. And he was just incredible. Like what an amazing assist, and then to score as well. Just really the cherry on the cake. It was a so
0: tremendous cameo from. Uh, we talked about Stanley Tucci esque performance uh performances mm, stealing the show. Yeah, yeah. wonderful stuff from Attila.
1: The Kosovan faced assassin. <laughs> <laughs> to kind of kind of very lamely follow an Oli Gunnar Solskjaer.
0: Kosovan Kaiser Kaiser uh, Sose.
1: Kosovan Kaiser Sose. I like that one better. I wonder <laughs> if he's gonna I wonder if he's gonna go manage uh, Cardiff in the future as well. To, Maybe tie that up. Maybe so. Maybe so. He yeah, it was just fantastic. And I think the rest yeah. of his play was really good as well. He did I that was a substitution that I think probably changed the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. As he frequently does. <laughs> it's just not all the time. If it was all the time, it would be a no brainer. Um but he, he mm. does it he does it enough, definitely. Um Joey Pelupesi came on, seventy uh, seventh minute.
1: Didn't see much for him. The didn't see much i gave him a 6.5 he probably did some stuff but i can't really <laughs> call what it was yeah um he gets a 6.5 which is damning he got a better mark than sam Winall, but there we go
0: <laughs> and then uh finally hutch came on uh last with uh, five minutes to spare
1: and he gets a seven because he did a good clearance that led for the goal as well and um yeah, just just kind of helped, kind of keep things keep things kind of strong at the back as well. So Good stuff. I'm quite liking the um, the right back birth of Samuel Sam uh, Sam Hutchinson, the and occasional... that's actually where he started his career as a right back.
0: Ah, interesting.
1: One of the things I learned from his illuminating commentary of the Bristol City game.
0: The occasional right back adventures of Samuel Hutchinson, Esquire. Uh, well, that's it. We we won away at Leeds. <laughs> Took them off the top of the table, got ourselves back in the playoffs. All in all, that's a pretty special Saturday.
1: I, yeah. I think so. It's hard to uh, it's hard to disagree with that. That's uh, I probably scared my neighbours with uh,
0: shouting very loudly at the goals. So it was uh, it was good stuff. Yeah, it's good to scare the neighbours occasionally. Oh yeah. <laughs> and ne- so next up, we've got Blackburn at home. That's one. It would be nice to have back, wouldn't it? Because that Blackburn uh, that lost away to Blackburn was a real sickener in the middle of a fairly decent run for us at the time. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it would be yeah, it'd be nice to carry the carry the wave with us this time and uh, and take some points off Blackburn. Uh, well, yeah, there we go. That's us for another week, Luke. Good stuff. I hope you have a splendid remainder of the week and uh, whatever you choose to do with your evening. Is there going to be big a big poutine or something along those lines? No, but actually
1: yesterday uh, the tenth of January was my seven years in Calgary, so I, wow. I had some uh, I had some ginger beef. Um, Ginger beef. Which uh actually invented by an Englishman here in Calgary. So it's just deep fried oh, pieces oh. of beef in a sweet and spicy ginger sauce. It's very nice.
0: Sounds good. I've never heard of that before. Sounds interesting. <laughs> well, um, on that wonderful note, go and douse yourself in ginger beef, and uh, we, we, will, we will meet again this time next week. Cheerio.
1: Have a good one, Rich. Done, Dutton, a half thousand, Dutton, 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 D